0: Here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: Soul night. Eternal security has to do with how God sees you. And assurance has to do with how you see yourself. Now, eternal security means that once you have trusted Christ as your Savior, God, being bound by His Word and cannot lie, has promised to you and I, Salvation, that means that God promised to save us from hell, to give us eternal life and take us to heaven whenever we die. That cannot be changed because it depends upon the faithfulness of God. Assurance is how you see yourself. There are some people that are very sure they have salvation, and then there's others that are not sure. John chapter 4 tells the story about a, a woman that none of the Jewish people really wanted anything to do with. Uh, they wouldn't even talk to them, uh, didn't have anything to do with them, had no dealings with them. I guess you could say this was a, a racial issue, but the Bible says, Jesus says he must needs go through there. And in verse 8, For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. But he says here in uh, verse 9, Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask of drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And this is a a racial issue. It is a social issue. It's just like today. There's people who consider themselves to be better than others. And we're not better than other individuals. Though we might see ourselves that way, uh, God says there's no difference. God so loved the world, going to all the world and preached the gospel to every creature. Jesus answered and said unto her, "If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now the woman to have assurance of salvation, you have to know who it is that's got this gift, and you have to know what the gift is. Well, he said, if you knew, you would ask. So the rest of the chapter is spent convincing her who he is. Because he already knew that if she knew who he was, she would ask him and she would receive. Well, as the story goes, he revealed things to her. And she saw it, she understood, and she, she believed it. But now, did she understand that when she accepted this gift, that it was a gift that would last forever. Well, if you look at the story here, it makes the statement, you would have asked of me, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, from whence then has this living water. He said, if you drink the water that's in this well, you will thirst again. But he says, if you drink the water that I will give you, you will never thirst. So she knew that the water he was talking about was living water that would never have you thirst again. You'd never have to do it again. salvation is once you trust Christ as Savior, you need to understand that he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. That's the gift of God, eternal life. So that when you believe it, you have something. You have eternal life and that God will never cast you out and never lose you. So this is made very simple, very clear throughout these scriptures. And then she goes into the city and says, come and see a man that told me everything that I did. Now Dr. Hudson always brings out on this point that, see there, he told her one thing and she exaggerated. Now I don't know if she exaggerated or not. Maybe there's a lot of things they discussed that's not written here in the scriptures. Maybe he talked to her long enough that he did tell her everything. By the time he got through... The men came from the city, and they believed on him, not just because of what the woman said. There were some that believed on it because of it. See there in verse 39? Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. And then it says that there were many that believed on him, not because of what the woman said, but because they said, We have heard him ourselves and believe that he is the Christ, the Savior of the world. So they believed that. Now, whenever you believe on Jesus Christ and God gives you as a free gift, everlasting life, at that moment, you are secure and once sure. You are secure and once sure. You are sure at that moment you have eternal life and that you're going to heaven whenever you die. Because you can't be saved until you know what you're doing. You must believe on Jesus Christ, know what you're receiving, the free gift of eternal life, because that's what he offered. That's what he promised. So when you take God and his word and are saved, you know you're saved from something to something, from hell to heaven. And so this is brought out in this chapter and many scriptures that we won't take the time to look at it. Now I want you to turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John and chapter 5. In this book, it is written not to the lost people, it is written to those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They know they have eternal life. And they are secure. Remember, security is because that's how God sees you. God sees every one of his children born into his family as safe and secure. And when you're you're born into God's family, you are sure. You have assurance of your salvation. You know you're saved. At that moment, you know you have eternal life. Now, here in 1 John, in chapter 5, look in verse 13. This is still written to believers. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, so it's written to the believers, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is so that not only were you sure when you trust the Lord, you still are sure. Because it is so easy for people who to be saved and know they have eternal life, and then to, because of false teaching, get to where they don't even know they're saved anymore, don't believe in eternal security anymore. If once you have believed in Christ and trusted Him as your Savior, and you no longer believe it, are you still eternally secure, even though you don't believe it? Yes. But see, assurance of your salvation is how you see it. And your perception can be based upon what somebody told you to look at. Like, for example... Some say if you're really saved, it will manifest itself in your life. Well, if everybody looked at their life as the evidence of their salvation, majority of people, I would say most people have to come to the conclusion that they're not saved. If I had to look at my life as the evidence to prove that I'm saved, I'd come up to the conclusion I'm not. Because how many sins would I tolerate? How many sins can I commit? How many questions and doubts? What about my thought life? Every person has enough in their life that could be used as evidence that they're not really saved. But you see, that's because you would lose assurance of your salvation. But if you forget about looking at yourself, because your salvation doesn't depend on you, and it depends on what Christ said, well, what Christ said is still true, and it doesn't lie, then you have eternal security based upon what God said. So God knows those whom he has saved, given eternal life, and are born into his family, and so you are safe and secure. But you may get to the place where you no longer are full of assurance. When you study, you study the book of First John, it talks about as a child of God having full joy, that your joy may be full. And your joy cannot be full if your assurance is missing. If you no longer believe what you used to believe, you won't have the joy, the blessedness, the happiness that you used to have. Because whenever you get to the place where you think you have to do something to be saved or you look at your life to see if I'm really saved, you're looking at the wrong thing and you're basing something upon something that is not a criteria for your salvation to start with. So therefore, you're not going to have assurance and you're going to lose the peace. You'll lose the joy. You'll lose the happiness, the blessedness that you did have. And this is the case with many, I say, multitude of God's children. These scriptures are very clear that you can have eternal life and be eternally secure and have full assurance of it at one time when you trust the Lord. And then there are those that will have also additional problems. Look in Galatians in chapter 1. The book of Galatians and chapter 1 and verse 11. Verse 11, but I certify you, the word brethren is talking to those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. So we know that this is talking to believers, it's talking to the brethren. Look in chapter 3 and verse 15. Verse 15 says, Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Verse 15 is clearly written to the believers. But what he's making a statement about here, says, If it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Once you understand what the gospel really is, nobody can add to it, and you can't take away from it. Once you trust Christ as Savior, if God promised you eternal life, you can't take away, you can't disannul it, you can't add to it. You can't change it. It's unchangeable. Down in verse 19, he says, my little children. We're not talking about lost people. We're talking about those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. Now look in verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise we are we are the children of promise this is who we are now what was the problem in the book of galatians remember the apostle paul even in the book of acts talks about going to galatia and the cities of antioch iconium lystra and derby outside the city of lystra is where he was stoned to death but he went to these cities he won these people to christ and then he would go on and then later on he wanted to get barnabas to come back through and revisit these people on his second missionary journey to see how they're doing, to strengthen them, to establish them in the faith, keep them strong. And the reason was because when Paul would leave, there'd be legalistic Judaizers trying to put them under the law, saying you've got to keep the law to be saved. You've got to be circumcised to be saved. Putting them under the the law to be saved is the same thing today as lordship salvation. Telling people that you've got to make Christ the Lord and the master of your life, no difference in trying to make the law the master of their life. In other words, it still boils down to you must serve God in order to be saved. You've got to do this in order to stay saved. Saved up too, but from now on, buddy, you're on your own. You're going to have to walk the walk and talk the talk. It's a straight and narrow way. And yet they take scriptures out of context and try to make a different message out of it and change the message that God had given. And the reason these Christians were not happy like they used to be, enjoying the things of the Lord like they used to be. The reason they turned against the apostle Paul that once they had loved deeply, now that everything has changed. Because these legalistic Judaizers will come down and take the very people that Paul had led to Christ. See, they can't lead them to the Lord. The false men, they can't lead them to Christ. They can only take Christians and change them. Because they already have knowledge of the Lord and they want to serve the Lord and they want to do what's right. But they just catch them with some false teaching and then twist their minds and then they're not doing it for their sake they're doing it for their own sake to make them look like something great also look there in chapter 4 and verse 31 so then brethren we are not children of the bond woman but of the free this is who we are we are over and over again He say we are we are because now they no longer understood who they were they thought that they were keeping their salvation. So if you're trying to work for something, that means you now don't have it. So if I am not now a child of God, I am working on being a child of God by my good works, then it means that I am not a child of God now. He says, you are a child of God. You don't have to try to do this to prove you're a child of God. You are a child of God. So he brings these things out. Look in chapter 5 and verse 11. In verse 11 says, And I, brethren... If I yet preach circumcision or the law, why do I yet suffer persecution? Because he preached salvation by grace without the law. He says, then is the offense of the cross ceased. In other words, the only thing that motivate the Apostle Paul in the preaching of the gospel was the gospel of grace. That's why I say grace is a motivating power. That is what causes you to go forward when you understand it is free. Free! So you know if it's free, that's Challenging. That's motivating to tell people about because there's no tricks to it. There's no gimmicks to it. You can be honest with people. Tell them up front. We're all sinners. But God loves us and paid for our sins. We can have eternal life and they can have it now. If you tell a person they have to be good to go to heaven or change their life and any of these things, well then that's not good news. That's bad news because now they've got to live their whole life wondering if they're going to be good enough, good enough or bad enough to go to hell not understanding how free it really is. So we stand fast upon the salvation of grace. Look in chapter 6 and verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, but we're talking about in every chapter here, we're talking about brethren, we're talking about believers, those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. If a man be overtaken in a fault, and this is what we're talking about in this book, they have been overtaken. Something has happened. They have believed something that wasn't true. Faith is being overthrown. They're having shipwreck. And it's hard to have shipwreck without a ship. You have to be in the ship in order to have shipwreck. Look what it makes the statement there in verse 4. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. So does the Bible say you can fall from grace? Yes, it does. It says so right there in that verse. Now What does it mean to fall from grace? Evidently, he's talking to these believers here in Galatia. You have fallen from grace. And they have. So how do you explain what he means by that? Because you can't twist it. You don't run from it. But you should have an explanation for it. Because every question and doubt they have, you will have. Because there's times in your life where you'll wonder, am I really saved? Am I really saved? Most of the time, we ask those questions right after we trust the Lord and wondered whether or not, well, if I didn't really mean it, I I mean it now. And if I really didn't trust the Lord, I'll do it again. And how many times have people done that? But in chapter 6 and verse 1, Brethren, it's written to those that believe. Now, the last one I want you to see there is in verse 18. Look at verse 18. Brethren... The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. He wants them to understand, at the conclusion of this book, understand grace, so that you'll understand how to live your Christian life. And the reason for the two natures being taught there in chapter 5, verse 17, down to verse 22, you're talking here about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit, See, understanding all of this stuff about how to live the Christian life is all based upon what you really believe about salvation. If I really believe that I have to do something, and so they are preaching a message that works upon the pride of man. I am doing something. You've got to do something. And that's what man wants to do. He wants a little bit of the honor, a little bit of the glory. Because look who I am, look what I've done, look how I live. And yet it's hard for a person to humble themselves and says it's not by any works that I have done. It is by grace and grace alone. I take no credit, no honor in my salvation because God did it all. He saved me and gave me as a free gift everlasting life. And to believe that, if a person doesn't get grounded in the word of God, they will get moved from this great tremendous truth. Look there in Galatians in chapter 1. And look in verse 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed. When it says removed, it means you have moved. You no longer believe what you used to believe. You're no longer strong like you used to be. You're not as steadfast as you once were. You have moved. And they moved in their Christian life because they moved on their salvation. Because they no longer believed like they once believed. Were they still saved? Security, eternal security, is from God's viewpoint. God knows his children. And the foundation of God standeth sure the Lord knoweth them that are his. So you are eternally secure when you trust the Lord. Though in your life, if you don't become grounded in the word of God stabilized in the Word of God, rooted in the Word of God, then every wind of doctrine that comes along is going to move you and shift you. And you're not going to be sure anymore. And if you're not sure anymore, you're not going to serve like you ought to serve. Because serving the Lord, you have to understand, it's because of what He did for me. And not trusting in my good works that I'm going to heaven because of what I do for God. It won't work that way. So he says in verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. The grace of Christ is the gospel of Christ. That is the gospel. He says, unto what? Another gospel. And there's a word here, and this word here is heteros, and it means a gospel of a different kind. He says, there is not a gospel of a different kind. And then in verse 7, which is not another, this word another in the Greek is allos, and it means another gospel of the same kind. He said, there is not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you. So these Christians here in Galatia, they were secure, but not sure. In other words, they have now lost their assurance of salvation, and now are trying to earn their salvation, keep their salvation by the law, by doing the good deeds. When you try to earn something that you've already received, you're not going to be a happy camper because you're not going to like the results you see in your life. You're not going to like the disappointments and the despair and the, the flaws and the mistakes and the, the easy misgivings in your life where you fail so many times because that means I'm not really saved. I've got to try harder. I've got to try harder. I've got to try harder. Be more faithful. Be more faithful. It leads a total frustration and despair because a person that was trusting Christ, now that is out the window. Now that's what I got to do. And so their joy is gone. Their assurance is gone. Are they still saved? Yes. Because you see, eternal security is what God did. God gave you eternal security. You're secure whether you believe it or not. It means you're going to heaven, like it or not. So well, I don't want to go to heaven no more. I don't even believe in God anymore. And a lot of Christians have done just that, gone to Bible school, gone to seminary, believed everything, and then change. No longer believe it. Go to some university and they have their faith records there. They love to take young people's minds and shake them of everything that's decent. No longer believe the Bible, don't believe in God anymore. But the foundation of God standeth is sure. If once you are saved, how long are you saved? Forever. Eternal security is how God sees You're eternal secure whether you no longer believe it or not. But your joy will be gone. Your purpose and how you live for the Lord will be totally changed. Because now it's not serving the Lord because of your great love for God and because of what He did for you. It's because of what you must do for God or you ain't going to make it. Everything changes. Christian life changes. The joy changes. No longer living by grace. So he makes this statement here in verse 7, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would, and you ought to underline that word pervert. It means to reverse, to change. And they were removed from the gospel. So he says in verse 8, though we or an angel from heaven preach unto you any other gospel than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. There is no other gospel. So if You did believe and you have eternal life and you are eternally secure and you have full assurance of that. It brings such great peace and joy and happiness in a person's life. I know that I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. Anyone whose salvation depends upon how they live or what they do for God, then they can never know they have eternal life because it's always based upon their performance and they're not through performing yet. They still have to wait until they live their whole life to know if they've been good enough. These things are made simple and very clear in God's word. Look in Galatians in chapter 3 and verse 1. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. We know that we're talking to Christians. Why in the world would the Apostle Paul call these Galatian Christians that he led to Christ call them fools? Look in verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you like somebody the devil has then got a hold of your mind and messed you up. You no longer believe like you used to believe because now they're not serving like they used to serve. Their blessedness is gone. Their happiness is gone. Their joy is gone. All because some legalistic Judaizers came down and twisted their minds and caused them not to believe what the Apostle Paul had preached to them. Now eternal security and full assurance go hand in hand. One is how God sees you and the other one is how you see it. But there's a lot of people that don't see things God's way anymore. And because of that, now they think I can lose your salvation. Now if I don't perform, I'm going to hell. And I've talked to many, many people, many preachers, that no longer believe the right way. And because we know we don't have to go to church, we, we don't have to change our life, we don't have to do anything. We can accept God's free gift, and God will let us go to heaven because of that, because He loves us that much. And I believe a lot of God's children totally abuse their freedom, their liberty. They become a stumbling block to the world. Because we don't, we're not as dedicated to God as we ought to be. See what he says there in verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth. See, obey the truth, he's talking about they have changed on the gospel. You don't believe the gospel anymore. You changed on it. You no longer believe like you used to believe. But now, even though they don't believe it, like they used to believe it, are they still... Eternally secure. Yes. Do they have full assurance of their salvation? No. They no longer understand. So Paul has wrote a whole book. Remember, that this book is divinely inspired by God, given to a man to explain to God's people, because God's people can get all messed up. And they do get messed up. And that's why he makes the statement there in chapter 4. Look there in uh, verse 11. I am afraid of you. I'm afraid of you. Lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. In other words, if you don't know because of your so-called full assurance you did have. He said, "I, I don't know, but I'm addressing it in such a way that I'm believing that you are. He said, but Christ is not being formed in you. See that in verse 19? My little children of whom I travail in birth again. In other words, like I've got to get you saved all over again. You can't get a man saved again, but you've got to go back to the gospel, the clarity of the gospel. Anytime I come across someone who is not sure they're saved, well, oh, I was saved at one time, and I believed at one time, but I don't believe it anymore. Well, if I'm going to try to help them, I have to go back to salvation, back to the clarity of the gospel and salvation verses to get them to understand uh, eternal security. Now, they may have already known the Lord before and no longer believe it, but I'm not God. I don't know. But I have to deal with them as though they're lost until I can get them, like Paul says right there in verse 19. We don't face anything today that they didn't face back then. Same problem. They face, we have to face. And there's many Christians that will doubt their salvation when it's not necessary. Would take my place. How
0: permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 Westwaters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634.
1: Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
0: Amazing grace amazes me.